Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode eight. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and three, the Lord speaking to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. We've been celebrating this whole week, Holy Week. So many things happened in the life of Christ. And we also, some of you, celebrated the Lenten season, which we know is not a biblical holiday, but it is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. So I ask you, how did it go? The last 40 days, many of you celebrated by choosing to sacrifice something that pulled at you in an effort to grow closer to Christ. In the beginning, it may have seemed like you weren't going to make it and you realized that it was going to take strength, a strength greater than what you possessed or what you thought you had and a strength that was not of this world. We can learn a lot from Christ during his time in the wilderness. The Bible tells us that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now that is an interesting thought because who would deliberately want to be led uh, as if the spirit was holding his hand, leading him into a distressing situation? We know it to be distressing because the purpose of going into this barren place was specifically to be tempted. It was a spiritual battle that was about to take place. When you know the character of Satan, why would anyone want to follow his direction? Jesus did, but it was for a specific purpose. He didn't follow his direction, but he allowed himself to be led into the wilderness. He was showing us, Jesus is showing us, how to overcome spiritual battles. We learned that there will be times that we are going to be led ourselves into barren places. The wilderness is a location for intense experiences, whether it's a need for food. Can you remember the story of Moses and the children of Israel when they desired manna and quail? Maybe that, not that specifically, but they were hungry. Or remember the isolation of Elijah when he ran from God and he didn't hear God until he heard that still small voice. He was in the wilderness. Or maybe it was um, the story of Hagar and Ishmael when God divinely delivered them and told them to go, go back. Even when Sarah put them out of the camp, um, the Lord was there with them. That's a wilderness experience. And also you might remember the story of of renewal even when you speak of wilderness. Think of Moses and the burning bush um, and, and the, the revelation of God and his divine name up on Mount Sinai. It's a place where the outcome, that's what the wilderness is. It's a place where the outcome is not certain, nor what will take place while you're there. It's a barren place. And many of you have, have had wilderness experiences where you've asked, where is God? But if we understand the word, we know that God is with us and he doesn't leave us, but he gives us the strength to endure. That is what Jesus's experiences in the wilderness teach us. Let me elaborate. 
The first temptation Jesus encountered was hunger. I want you to notice something here. Satan didn't tempt Jesus until he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Who wouldn't be hungry after not having anything for 40 days and 40 nights? He was hungry. The scripture said, the scripture even says it, it affirms it. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. During the time Jesus fasted, we see no indication that he struggled, but it was after the 40 days, after he had endured, after a time of physical exhaustion, that is when Satan came. Satan sought Jesus at his perceivably weakest moment. It's important to note that the spirit that enabled him to endure, and it was after he had come out of the wilderness that he experienced physical need. The spirit enabled him to endure in the wilderness, and it was after he came out of the wilderness that he experienced physical need. But keep in mind, it was the spirit that led him there. It was the spirit that sustained him there. That's an important point to remember. Jesus was and is teaching us several things about the wilderness. First, when we talk about bread or food, we know food is necessary for our physical health, but we are more than physical beings. We are spirit and we need God's word if we want to live a full life. That's why Jesus was saying to him, man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Food is important and it is good for the body, but the body is not the only thing that needs to be fed. God knows what we need and the Lord will and does provide. After all, Jesus fed 5,000 with a few pieces of bread and some fish. He had the power to meet his own need, but Jesus wasn't motivated to achieve God's will based on what Satan wanted. He was, he was, he was lured by a reward. Satan was luring him by a reward that the father was more than capable, capable of providing for him. So we, we need to understand that God will sustain us and provide for our every need and that Jesus was motivated to achieve the will of God. And so that's why he wasn't lured by a reward that Satan was offering him. Second, Satan attempted to address his pride. He says to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. He was challenging Jesus to prove himself. Now, you know, showing people who it's, it's important that people understand who you are by faith. Show people who you are by how you live. You don't have to demonstrate anything, anything that they think you have to genuflex in order to prove who you are in your relationship with the father. You too know what it's like when someone challenges your faith, but it's our actions, your actions, and the way you live that should demonstrate who you are. And Jesus throwing himself off a building wasn't going to convince Satan because Satan's goal, remember the word says, is to kill, to steal, and destroy. Jesus knew who he was and he didn't feel the need to defend himself. Instead, what does Jesus do? He quotes the word of God. He says, it is also written. In other words, I've told you one thing. He said what the word says. He says, now I'm telling you something else. Do not put the Lord, your God to the test. Satan was attempting to test Jesus's pride. It was as if Jesus was saying, look, 
you know, sometimes you have to use the street vernacular. Look, don't test how I am fulfilled or what brings me joy. You don't know who I am. After all, Jesus's power had been demonstrated before. He didn't need any public acknowledgement about his deity or his kingship. That's when you got to It's about knowing who you are and or, or people will tell you who you are. So it's important to know who you are in Christ. Satan knew scripture and he knows scripture, but he is the author of lies and deception. He took the scripture out of context. He gave the scripture meaning to fit his purpose. And there are many people out there, out here, who know of scripture, but will use it to influence others for their own satisfaction and not to encourage or to teach others. Satan's goal is to deceive. He twisted the scripture to meet his need and not the scripture's intended purpose. And thirdly, and Satan's not finished, so he's already tried to address his physical need, right? And then he's addressing his pride, right? Which Jesus demonstrated, I don't have to prove anything to you. And thirdly, he's not finished. His final temptation was desire. People crave fame because they want power, wealth, status, you fill in the blanks. We see that every day. Just turn on the news and you will find people who will do anything to obtain a perceived benefit. Everything that's going on today in Russia uh, with Ukraine, we can see people that will kill others to meet their own personal needs. You know, Satan then, so Satan is seeking to appeal to Jesus's ego. And we see nothing about Jesus's ego all throughout this. And so why he used that, who knows? And he, he's wanting to have something or hoping that Jesus wishes uh, for, for something, that whole desire to be recognized. Satan was offering Christ all that his eyes could see. He, and it's important to know the scriptures. There must have been a text that Satan failed to read. He knew some texts. Maybe he didn't know all texts. And Psalms 24, 1 and 2 clearly says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. King James Version says, and the fullness thereof and they that dwell in. This is the NIV version. I cut my teeth on King James, but I, I, it, it's poetic for me. But here in the New International Version, it says, the, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. We will face battles in life. Satan wants you and he will do whatever it takes to have you. That's why you're supposed to be wise as serpents. I'm reminded of the story of Simon. Some of you know him as Peter in Luke chapter 22, when the Lord told him that Satan wanted him, but Jesus said to him, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Hopefully you know that there is someone who is praying for you. As in the case of Simon, that your faith would not fail. Simon, Jesus prayed that Simon's faith would not fail. I pray someone's praying for you that your faith will not fail. Never negate the power of prayer and having people pray for you. I remember years ago, I had some mentors who prayed for me and I wasn't even acting as if I was truly a follower of Christ or I believed in everything that God said. In fact, when they would run after me after church, I would, they would say, I'm praying for you. And I would say, don't. I'm so glad they didn't listen to me. I am so glad they kept praying for me because they kept praying for me. I'm able to speak boldly about 
the, the, the Lord who hears and answers prayer and who loves us and wants nothing but the best for us. As long as we are in this earth, we're going to have spiritual battles. Satan works behind the scenes seeking whom he may devour. It was Jesus who prayed for Peter. And here's the good thing. He prays for us. He is the intercessor sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us when we don't know how to pray or what to pray for, just calling on Jesus. You can just call the name of Jesus when your spirit is so heavy because he understands even our groans. As you went into this Lenten season, you may have found sacrificing or giving up something was hard and it was difficult to endure. But you went into it willingly, believing that you could do it. However, during the long 40 days, I pray you also found that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that it could be done. Satan appeals to our appetites, whether it's food, pride, or desire, fame, fortune. He knows what will steer us away from Christ. The sacrifices that we made over these last six weeks They weren't meant to deprive us, but to build us, to develop our faith, to show us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I'm sure when you went into that 40 days, I prayed about what God wanted me to let go of. And I kept trying to wrestle with him and say, no, how about something else? Because I want it easy. And God wants us to know the strength that lives with inside of that lives inside of us that will enable us to conquer anything that seeks to consume us. If we learned anything from Jesus's time in the wilderness, we learned that the tempter Satan will come however you have. He, let me say it this way, that the tempter will come, but you have the power, high power living inside of you to defeat Satan and any attack that comes against you. The spirit led Jesus in the wilderness and it was the spirit that sustained him in the wilderness. And it was the spirit that was with him when he left the wilderness. So he shall be with you. He is with us. It's not a question if Satan attacks, it is when he attacks and you can defeat any attempt he has to destroy you. Brothers and sisters, we are going to face adversity as long as we live on this earth. It is Jesus's experiences as a man, as human, that should give you the confidence that anything can be overcome. Jesus had just been baptized prior to going into the wilderness and baptism. I mean, the heavens open and we hear the Lord say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Don't you think that if God is well pleased with his son, that in leading him to the wilderness, that he would be with him? Jesus's baptism identifies with us as sinners and he relates to our humanity through temptation. That's that wilderness experience. Just think from a high point of baptism to a low point of isolation. That is what the wilderness is after all, isn't it? You don't know what to expect. You don't know what you're going to experience. You don't know how things will go. I've had many wilderness experiences and I'm sure I will continue to have some, but I know that I won't go into that barren place by myself because God will be with me because I'm taking him with me because he lives inside of me. Talking to many people over the years, 
I have found one of the consistent themes of wilderness experience is depression. That feeling of despondency that leads to withdrawal and isolation. It's a slow decline into an unfamiliar place and getting out of it is not easy. It requires deliberate action and taking deliberate steps to get out of it. It is not to be taken lightly and can affect anyone. There are countless things that set it off from the loss of a loved one to grief, to pain, to suffering and more. And just like the devil, we can plow you with scripture, but unless you know the word for yourself and the power of the word and the power of God, you can't wield the power that you need to overcome. That does not mean that you can't or shouldn't utilize medical professionals to help you. It is God that gave them the skills they have to understand our minds. And there are many Christian counselors and pastors that will guide you to the truth of God's word, helping you to understand that Jesus can and is willing and he wants to heal you. I can't say that enough. And you know why I say that? It's not what I think, but what I know he did it for me. So as you end this season of sacrifice, and as we celebrate the risen savior, remember Christ is in you. I leave you with this prayer from the words of the apostle Paul found in the book of Ephesians chapter three and verses 14 through 21. It is my prayer for you. For this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Happy Easter. He is risen. Jesus is alive. Until next time, brothers and sisters, keep the faith. Remember how you endured. God is in control. God bless you all. Seek to live a life of love and peace and be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.